0: Hello and welcome to the Money Talk podcast. I'm Ed Monk. Today on the show, it has been a rare good week for stock market investors with markets generally rising to end what has been a miserable run. We'll examine where the newfound optimism is coming from and then a look at bonds which have suffered as inflation expectations have risen but which still play an important role for investors. Or do they? If you enjoy the show, please rate us, share us or leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. For seven long weeks, stock market investors have seen the value of their portfolios fall, but last week brought a welcome reprieve. The S&P 500 added 2.5% on Friday alone to round out a 6.6% weekly rise, the best since November 2020. No one is popping the champagne just yet, but the minor reversal in fortunes is a reminder that investors still have some appetite to buy, even if the news remains worrying. That's the focus today, but we'll also be looking at the bond market and asking what role those assets can play for investors as the long bull market in bonds seems to be at an end. To discuss it all, I'm pleased to say that I am joined by Tom Stevenson, Investment Director here at Fidelity. Tom, welcome. Uh, Let's start with the stock market um, because it was a better week last week. What exactly happened?
1: Uh, yeah. So, as you say, there was a there was a pretty significant uh, bounce in the market. I mean, there aren't there aren't many weeks where um, uh, the S and P five hundred rises by nearly seven uh, percent, and that was the best performance uh, um, since November twenty twenty, which of course was that that the moment you'll remember when um, the uh, the confirmation of new uh, effective vaccines offered as a sort of yes light at the end of the tunnel a glimpse of um, post covid uh, hope so um so it's you know it's quite something that the market has risen by you know more than at any point since that very optimistic um uh, moment, the Nasdaq was even better actually. So the, uh, the the tech stocks, which have which have really borne the brunt of the uh, of the sell off so far this year, were actually up by six point eight percent last week. So why did that happen? I, I guess you know the, the the principal reason is that that markets just don't keep moving in one direction indefinitely. <laughs> I mean, we've had seven weeks of falling markets. That's the longest. Uh, string of uh losses um since 2001 so it was inevitable at some point that that we'd get a bit of a bounce in markets and and that's what we got and and let's not forget that the the market is still 13 percent down mm-hmm. year to date um so uh you know let's not get ahead of ourselves with with the with the 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 enthusiasm but uh, clearly it was a you know, it's a welcome change of direction.
0: Yeah, well, those caveats are noted. I mean, we can, um, uh, yeah, you, you can never be certain about what's going to happen next, but it was obviously noteworthy that there was this slight reversal reversal in markets. Um, was that, I mean, the, the driver for them falling, Tom, has been, has been inflation and expectations that's going to feed through to a quite nasty recession, potentially, uh, or lack of growth for a long time. Um, was anything around that line of thinking changed last week in any of the data that we saw?
1: Yeah. So, so on Friday, actually, there was some um, uh, some inflation numbers out of the U.S. So the, the Fed watches this thing called the Personal Consumption Expenditure um, Index, which is a sort of version of the CPI, um, and they prefer it because it's it's a it's got a wider. Basket of um, constituents, and they think that it's a better indication of what's really going on uh, with inflation. And the figure for April, which was what was announced on Friday, um, uh, was six point three percent, which uh, was a bit less than it was in March. Um, so it, it, it was a it was sort of the the first signs really that that the inflation rate is beginning to roll over um, in in the US now. Subsequent to that uh this this week in fact today um, we 've had the the eurozone the latest eurozone inflation figures, which tell of a very different story. They mm. were higher than expected, eight point one percent for the eurozone as a whole. Germany was actually eight point seven percent um which is uh you know a a, a worryingly high figure, obviously driven by Uh, by energy costs so i think it's a mixed bag on on the the inflation um and the the economic um uh front so you know there's still things to worry about there are the first glimmers of hope that maybe things are getting better
0: and and you've said many times that that what ultimately is going to underpin share prices in the longer term is is earnings at companies uh but also the the valuations that investors are seeing um in the market, what are those things telling us right now? Has there been have we reached potentially a point where um, bad news has been priced in? I think potentially we have. I mean, there's clearly been a
1: significant reset in valuations uh, in all markets, but I mean, you know, particularly in the, in the US, which was the most highly valued market. So, you know, if you go back a year or so. Um, then uh shares in the US were were trading at about 23 times expected earnings which is quite high by historic standards that has now fallen to about 16 times uh expected earnings which is um you know it's it's not super cheap but it's also not not um too demanding and i think what it what it allows investors to to feel is that that valuation reset has Kind of run its course um, uh, and and I guess you know what they're now looking at is is the earning side
0: of the equation can that um can that deliver and uh, okay so still there's um there's uncertainty from what happens now Tom, but but what will the momentum in the market now depend on what do we need to see um in order for there to be a more sustained recovery and you know and for some of those losses that we've seen this year to to be recovered
1: well, I think what we need to see is uh two things. I th- I think um first of all we need to see confirmation that we've had the worst of the inflationary uh spike. Um and as I say, that's a mixed bag on on, on that front. So I think that's 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 crucial. The second thing which of course is related is um is the earnings picture because uh you know, it... Typically, if you get a bear market, it's a reflection, it's a combination of two things. It's a combination of a um, of a slowdown or a, or a decline in earnings, coupled with a decline in the valuations that we've been talking about. So we've had the, the reset in valuations. We haven't had the decline in earnings. Uh, so I think, you know, for markets to stabilize at this lower level, then we need to feel confident that earnings are going to continue growing. Now, the expectation is currently that they are going to keep growing at you know roughly 10% this year and next year. You know, combined with a more reasonable valuation, I think mm. that that offers the prospect of markets at least stabilizing, if not actually beginning to rise a bit um, from here. Um, but of course, the trajectory of earnings is dependent on. The inflation picture as well, yeah. because inflation eats into, uh, you know, the input, co- or rather, it increases the input costs for companies. It eats into the purchasing power of consumers. So,
0: you know, the two are clearly
1: um, related.
0: And actually, that's an interesting, that's an interesting point because I feel like this year, one of the reasons that we've had this protracted. Um, sort of fall in markets is that it's taken the market a while to sort of understand the implication of things it's uh, the 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 big inflation that we got at the start of the year obviously caused by the war and all the other factors um we thought that was going to be bad but we didn't necessarily think it was going to be wide ranging or translate into a recession that's clearly changed quite a bit that thinking in the last few weeks hasn't it and and it's taken a while for for people to properly process <laughs> maybe that high prices could, in fact, damage growth to a point that that will damage company earnings.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a reflection of the fact that, that you know, we're a bit rusty when it comes to thinking about inflation. It's been many years since investors have really had to factor it into their calculations about what the correct level for, for the market is. And, you know, I think people will, first of all, you know, the central banks were telling us that this was just a uh, a, a transitory spike in, in in inflation and as you say i think it's taken us a bit of time to work out that actually uh it's you know it's not just inflation and the impact that has on interest rates inflation also has an impact on the general health of the economy and i think yeah it's taken us a bit of while to get get our heads around that
0: yeah okay well uh, i also said tom that we take a look at the bond market as well today um now, lots of people have been calling the end of the multi-decade bull market in bonds, but uh, we've also seen some resistance just recently in prices, particularly as uh, yields on some benchmark bonds get towards three percent. So, what's the case for bonds as we stand, Tom? What's the what's the market telling us?
1: Well, I mean, I think the you know the the, the case for bonds uh, generally is that they uh, they act as a as a diversifying asset in a in a in a balanced portfolio they tend to behave differently from from shares usually uh, so that can provide a smoother ride for investors they're also uh, generally a source of safe and reliable income uh, for investors you know particularly government bonds you can be very um, relaxed about the fact that a government is going to pay you back your money at at maturity. And in the meantime, they're going to pay you uh, a regular income or coupon, as it's called, uh, in in the bond universe. Um, So that diversification of income is why why people buy bonds. Now, recently, with bond yields having fallen so low, that attraction has, has been diminished. But as you say, as inflation has come back into the equation, as interest rates have started to rise, so too have bond yields. And with you know the, the benchmark 10-year US Treasury bond um, now yielding nearly 3%, that is starting to look quite interesting um, compared to the income that you can earn from shares, for example, uh, which in many cases is less than that. The downside, of course, is that it's... Um, it's, it's not attractive in a highly inflationary environment because even a 3% income is not very attractive if inflation is running at 7 or 8%. So what
0: happens to inflation is key to the Appeal of of bonds as well. Exactly because we've we've spoken before that uh, about the fact that the the inflation headline figure that we see will move lower through this year because the year on year comparisons will will get better from the point of view of that figure doesn't mean that people aren't going to be still lumbered with high prices at the petrol station or the supermarket or all the rest of it but it just means that um, for people buying financial assets if you have say a government bond paying three percent. Um, and inflation is moving rapidly back down towards that sort of level it is going to become more and more attractive isn't it and and that's apparently what's been going on yes and what
1: we've seen is you know I- inflation expectations um as as represented in in the futures markets you know they give an indication of what investors expect inflation to be you know, in 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 the future, have actually come down in the last um, uh, couple of weeks. Uh, so we're now looking at at uh, sort of inflation at the end of the year. Um, um, uh, you know, being being a bit lower than people maybe feared, and that's likely to feed through into slightly lower interest rate uh, expectations uh, because the Fed is is you know obviously going to have to do less work. To tame inflation if inflation is is already coming down. So on that front, you know, there's a bit
0: more optimism. And and just finally, Tom, on this issue about um uh correlation between bonds and the stock market, this, this year's been horrible, isn't it, for both? We've we've had um stagflationary conditions, we've had stagnant growth and inflation. But the growth part is bad for the stock market, the inflation part is bad for the bond market. But looking at the numbers and looking at what the assets have done this year, uh, as I have been doing in the last week or so, um, bonds aren't down as as much as the stock market, and they're a less volatile asset in general. And there have been pockets of um, this correlation coming through at times. Just because they've both fallen overall doesn't mean there isn't some kind of effect and some kind of benefit of holding them sort of in harness together.
1: Yes, well, that's right, because I think, you know, I think you can view bonds as, um, you know, something of a safe haven if if uh, the economy does turn down. And I, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that, you know, you know, no one knows what, what what the future holds for the economy. But I think, you know, with inflation high, with, you know, the, the cost of living crisis, all of these factors, I think that, you know, we should expect a bit of a slowdown in the economy. And in that environment, um, uh, you don't want to be 100% exposed to sort of growth focused assets like shares. You want a bit of balance in your portfolio. And, you know, if you can lock in a, you know, a nearly 3% return, um, and maybe get a bit of capital growth because um you know bonds are seen as a safe haven and people start buying them. then I think that makes sense at the
0: moment and that's that's the logic of holding bonds right now for me as well because if if we do get yeah a bad recession you know the stock market is is probably going to take another leg down um cash rates will still be very very low and and so actually yeah a three percent an asset you know the u s government after all. Paying you three three percent, it's not it's not the worst deal.
1: Yeah, I I, I totally agree. I, I think that you know we coming back to our initial conversation about you know the the, the bounce back in the stock market. I think it's very important um, uh, not to to allow wishful thinking to make you think oh that's it. You know we've had a, yeah. we've had the downturn in the market. Um, you know. Uh, When we've had seven weeks of declining market, you would expect a bit of a bounce and that's what we've had. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's over for the stock market. So anything which can smooth the ride and give you, you know, a bit of uh, a cushion against any further falls in the stock market, I think does make sense.
0: Okay, well, Tom, that is all we have time for now. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Ed.
1: You've been listening to The Money Talk Podcast. Check fidelity.co.uk for daily written updates and articles on these and other topics from across Fidelity in the UK. And subscribe via iTunes to get the podcast downloaded direct to your devices every week.